Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Second Chronicles chapter 23 and verse number 12. I'll, I'll start reading there and just read a couple verses. And then I'm going to turn to Revelation, Revelation chapter Three. Amen. To all of our guests this morning, we're glad to have you. Amen. Some uh, that we haven't seen in the wall, though we've seen some of you just here lately, and it's good to see you again. Amen. Thank you for coming to the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 23 and verse number 12 starting. The Bible says, Now when Athaliah heard the noise of the people running and praising the king, she came to the people into the house of the Lord and she looked and behold, the king stood at his pillar at the entering in and the princes and the trumpets by the king and all the people of the land rejoiced and sounded with trumpets. Also the singers with instruments of music and such as taught to sing praise. Then Othaliah rent her clothes and said, treason, treason. Revelation chapter number three, one verse there, verse number 12. This is the letter that was written to the church in Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love. These are the words which the Lord spoke to them in verse number 12. He said, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. Amen. The scripture said in the Old Testament that the king came and stood at his pillar. The Lord spoke to the Philadelphia church and told them, if you'll overcome, I'll make you a pillar in the temple. Of my God. For a little while this morning, I'd like to speak along these lines a pillar to stand by. A pillar to stand by. Can you join me in prayer one more time? Father, I come to you today. God, we pray, O oh Lord Jesus, for your blessing. We pray, O oh Lord Jesus, for your anointing. God, upon this service, every heart, every soul, every believer, unbeliever alike, God, that the word of God would find us today. Help me, O oh Lord Jesus. God, to be able, to Lord, to speak this with clarity. God, let it have significance, Lord Jesus, for our individual lives. I know, Lord Jesus, you have to help us today. Help me, Lord, to be clear. I pray, God, let us receive something through and by, God, your word this morning. I pray, oh, God, strengthen us and help us. Lord, guide us, Lord Jesus, today through and by your word. I know, God, that you're able to do that. I know, God, that you're able to strengthen us today, God, by your word. God, forever let it be made settled, Lord, in our lives. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. A pillar to stand by. A pillar to stand by. This morning as I was considering uh, this today, there was something that stood out in my mind, and that is uh, you have probably been acquainted with different pieces of architecture that 
uh, for centuries have endured and for centuries uh, there remains somewhat of a ruin of them. Some of them that we could talk about, particularly over in Greece and such, the Parthenon and uh, uh, the, 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 the different buildings there of Greek architecture. And if there's anything that ever remains, if there's anything that is forever still yet standing after all of these years and have suffered trouble and war and deterioration, that is the pillars of these particular buildings. Their colonnades still are there as a testament to the structure, their rigidness. They, we understand through history that pillars that were in the structures of old many times bore dedic dedication inscriptions that were upon them. There were multiple uses for them, not Every pillar is just like another pillar. Uh, we understand that even in modern construction that pillars may serve just for a structural use. They are load-bearing bodies or members of the edifice in order to distribute the weight of the structure upon them and they are supportive, you might say. But there are other structures that are very ornate and other pillars that are very embellished and they serve no purpose really for bearing any load of the structure. Uh, they have no structural purpose, but many times they are just there as decor. They are just there uh, to be pleasing to the eye. They are an embellishment. We understand those structures or pillars that is that are used as a structural means to form parts of walls. They're commonly called that they are engaged pillars because they are serving some purpose and they are doing something. These were the type of pillars that Samson, after he had fell prey uh, to the Philistines and fell prey to them and his eyes and his vision had been gouged out that a young lad led him into their structure and they made sport of him the Bible says and that Samson asked the boy if he could somehow be led to place his hands on the pillars because they were the very structures that were upholding the load and the weight of the building and so some structures as that were made for the purpose a man of holding holding the load, holding the weight. They were firm, permanent. Even in today's society, we look back on structures years ago and pillars are still there because they hold a sense in the emblem of permanence, security. They're strong and they are strengthened. There are other pillars such in the scripture. Uh, notable as that of Absalom. Absalom had no children. He had no son. More importantly, he had no son to take his place, to carry on his name and his stead. And so before he ever met the day of his death, the Bible says that he erected himself a pillar and he put his name on it. And that pillar was nothing more but a monument. It was an indication of something that was Dead. We read in the scripture concerning Solomon's temple that there were no doubt many pillars, that, but there were two particular pillars, special pillars of brass, amen, that were very tall and they were also ornate. And he called one of the pillars Jacob and the other one he called Boaz. Jacob meaning he shall 
establish. And Boaz, meaning in him, is strength. And so we had two pillars there, a pillar of strength and a pillar of establishment. And I believe that is the very emblem, amen, of what pillars are and what they describe to you and I. They are pictures of strength. They are pictures of fortitude and endurance. They are something that is not going to be removed, but it's going to last when other things around them have deteriorated and fallen by the wayside. The Bible tells us this morning that there is a cruel queen by the name of Athaliah. She has went throughout the kingdom. She has killed all the royal seed. She doesn't want anybody fulfilling the lot or the row of being a descendant of David to sit upon the throne. So she does away with all of her competition. She does away with anybody that may have took the throne. And she kills and slaughters them all. But the Bible says that there was a woman who went in among the rubbish, among even the places where some of this royal seed was slain. And there was a little child by the name of Joash, and she plucked Joash as an infant and his nurse out of the rubbish where those had been slain and took him to the bedchambers of the house of God. And he dwelt there for six years from infancy until the age of six. All during this time, this wicked king, Athaliah, is ruling and she is reigning. And so there is a day of heralding now that is coming. Uh, little Joash has grown from an infant to six years old. He's still quite young, but evidently in the eyes of the people and those that knew of him understood he was old enough still to be king, rightful owner of the throne room. And so they make preparations and they make a day that they're going to present Joash, this six-year-old, now going on seven-year-old boy, as king unto all the people. Jehoda, the priest, makes sure everybody's in order, makes sure the captains and the guards are at their station, doesn't want anybody taking a chance of assassinating the young boy, the young king, because this isn't going to set well with Athaliah. She has spent her last six years ruling and reigning as the queen of this system. She had killed all the royal seed. According to her, they were dead. But see, she was a pagan worshiper. She worshiped in the house of Baal. She did not make it common practice going to the house of God. So that was a good place to hide Jehoash, put him in the house of God because the evil queen is never going to go there until she hears on this particular day. The Bible states very plainly that she heard the noise of people that were running and she heard the noise of people that were praising. And the running and the praising that was coming from the house of God grabbed this queen's attention that would normally never enter the house of God but the house of Baal. Today she has to check out what's going on in God's house. She has to check out what's happening in the house of the Lord because there's running that I hear and there's praising that's taking place. Whenever she enters into that place that she normally would not enter. She sees all the guards. She sees all the captains. They have spears in hand, shields in hand to protect the king. There's already been a crown that's been placed upon Jehoash's head. He's already been given the testimony and the law of God. They have already made him their king. Amen. They have anointed him and they've already started to chant, God save the king. 
The Bible says as Athaliah enters into this place of praise and worship and the king is there and he's brought into the entering in of the house of God. She takes notice. She understands that, that her doom is there. It's set and it's sealed because the king, the Bible says, it says this little, this little almost seven-year-old boy is standing at his pillar at the entering in of the house of God. Music is taking place, but this boy is standing at a pillar. What that pillar was in their culture and time, there was a pillar denoted as the king's pillar. And whenever a king was coronated, whenever a king was anointed, whenever a king would come forth among the public and give a public declaration, he always came and stood by his pillar. And when he got by his pillar, he would give his decree. Or whenever he got by his pillar, the oil would flow and the anointing would come and his kingship would begin and his reign would start whenever he got by his pillar. The Bible says, understand, Chronicles is just a, a regurgitation, if you will, a recording of something that has already happened. You can read the same story in 2 Kings chapter 11. The Bible says that Athaliah seen the king standing by his pillar which was the manner as it was and custom as it was for their day. Whenever the king came into that room he would stand by something that was rigid. He would stand by something that was known for its permanence for its strength. Amen. For its being solid and having a sense of resolve. And so she's amazed because when she sees that little boy standing there he, she understood right then this is just not another little boy. This is just not a kid that's out of place. They have made intentions that this boy is to be their king. Can someone say amen? And the king was standing by the pillar. Now, throughout scripture pillars when we consider pillars the Bible speaks of the 12 tribes of Israel that whenever they made a structure that they took 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel each pillar standing for a tribe or more particularly a person this is not uncommon in New Testament scripture of Galatians Paul writing to the church of Galatia spoke of James and John and Peter as it seemed to be they, he said they seemed to be pillars and so he described that people have the ability if you will to have the characteristics uh, the longevity of a pillar that brings me today to my scripture in Revelation chapter number 3 Christ is speaking to a church in the latter times. He's writing a letter to them, having it described by the great John the Revelator, the church of Philadelphia. He tells them that he set before them an open door that no man can shut. He tells them of an opportunity and a privilege that has been extended to them. They receive no rebuke as others receive rebuke. Amen. In Revelations 2 and 3. But he tells them. He says, hey, you're serving in a place that I'm going to open a door for you. But through his words of commending them, through his words of giving them slaps on the back, he tells the church at Philadelphia, above everything that I'm going to do for you, he says, I'm going to make you all a 
pillar in the temple of my God. In other words, I'm not just going to make you a decorative pillar. I'm not going to have you serve in a capacity that you just look good but serve no purpose, that you're just there but you have no job description. I'm not just going to make you a decorative pillar. I'm not going to make you a pillar that is erected as a monument over something that is dead. And that's not the type of pillar I'm talking about. I'm not going to make you a pillar that demarks dead things. No, that's not it. But I'm going to make you a pillar in the house of God. I'm going to make you a supporter. I'm going to make you strong. I'm going to make you a place of permanence, a, a place of strong member-like, have impact where you can have some impact upon the building, something that bears the load, uh, something that can be seen and that bears the load. That's what I'm going to make you because Philadelphia, according to history, was subjected to earthquakes, common earthquakes, destroyed edifices and structures and buildings. And commonly when all the buildings collapse and the structures collapse because of the earthquake, there usually remained huge pillars that were a part of those structures and a part of those buildings. But Jesus says, I'm going to make you a pillar, not just in some pagan God temple. I'm not going to make you a pillar just of some store. I'm not going to make you a pillar of anything else, but I'm going to make you a pillar in the house of God. Hallelujah. Where you can remain, where you can offer that same strength while everything else is crumbling around you. You can be resolute. I'm going to make you a pillar in the house of the Lord. In other words, whenever all the damage is done, you look out, you still see the pillars. They are the only thing that remain. They're the only thing that's left standing. They're the only thing that's still there, that's resolute, that's strong, that's still bearing the load. If there's a load to be borne, they are the ones that remain. So ladies and gentlemen, whenever Athaliah went in and she seen that king that was standing there by his pillar, standing there by that place where he would be coronated and called king, standing by that place where he would give a decree. I love the idea folks that he stood by a pillar because God in essence to the Philadelphia church said this, I want to make you a pillar. I want to make you one of God's pillars that he can stand by. Somebody hear me right now. I want to be a pillar in the house of God that the king of glory can come and stand by. I want to be a notable spot in the house of God. Hey, they're over there by so-and-so or such-and-such. That must be the king. He's standing by someone firm. He's standing by someone resolute. He's standing by someone that's strong. He's standing by someone that's not going to give up. He's standing by someone. Someone say amen. God says, I, the king says, I'm going to have to stand by a pillar. i got to stand by something that when everything else crumbles, it's still going to be there. If everything else fails, it's still going to be there. I want to be that type of individual in the house of God. Let everything else fall. Let everything else crumble. Let everything else be taken advantage of. But God, let me stand there firm and resolute as a pillar that you can stand by. Someone say amen. amen. Yeah. And throughout the
the history of scripture. He's had pillars that the king has stood by. Amen. It was during the dark, dismal time of the earth prior to the flood. Men did wickedly in the sight of God. Evil was in their heart continually, the Bible says. Not a very good picture. People are marrying and giving in marriage. There's celebration. There's everything that is totally, totally opposing and against God going on. And he foresees I'm going to destroy the world and I'm just going to start over again. Amen. So that we can get this thing right. So that people will be right. And the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What did God see through Noah? He seen a pillar. He seen something that he could just stand by. He seen something that he could have confidence in. And because of the pillar Noah, the Bible says his family, the eight, were saved by the flood. And whenever they came forth, they replenished and multiplied. And there was still yet a humanity to go on. Why? Because among everything that was crumbling, God had himself a pillar that he could stand by. Pillar that he could stand by. Someone say amen. All of Israel desires that the role and the time of just having a prophet to guide and lead is not too accommodating to the culture that they are living in when all nations around them are having kings. And so their plea to Samuel was give us a king. Their plea to God was to give us a king. And at the beckoning of their voices, God grants their wish, so to speak, and gives them a king in the man of Saul. Saul's head and shoulders above all the rest seemed to be somewhat of a goodly character as it was at that time. But he was flawed. Amen, he was flawed. He was to be Israel's king, but he was a flawed king. If I say it like this, he was just a pillar of decor. He was a pillar of decor. Amen. He would lose his place. He would lose his position. He would lose his standing ability. But God says, now I'm in seek after a man. That's after my own heart. What are you saying, God? I'm looking for somebody I can stand by. I'm looking after someone I can depend on. I'm looking after somebody I can put some confidence in. Give me a David. And because of a little lad that spent the majority of the first part of his life out tending the sheep of his father, came forward as a giant slayer came forth as a great warrior but he came forth knowing how to be faithful and if he messed up knowing how to repent God says I can stand by somebody like that I'm not looking for a flawless person but I'm looking for somebody that can be a pillar that when they do make a mistake at least they know their way to the road of repentance a pillar someone say amen just, whew, I just need somebody that I can stand by. Folks, what God is seeking has not, has not changed all that much. He's still looking for some pillars, if we were to call it, of the assembly today. He's still looking for some pillars of the assembly. He's looking for some people that he can still put some trust, some confidence in people that are not going to uproot just at the drop of a hat people that are not going to give in to the crumbling that's happening around them just at the drop of a hat 
He's looking for some people that while everything else is in ruins, that they're still there erect and they're straight and they're ready. They can be a place where God can stand by. I want to be a church in this community at 1121 Cedar Street. I want to be a church that the King of Glory can come by and stand by. I don't want him to question where I'm going to be 10 years from now concerning his doctrine in this church. I don't want him to be considering. I wonder if they're still going to be dedicated to me and have their allegiance to me 15 years from now. No, I want to be a pillar. That's where he said it and that's where it's going to remain. That's how they fashion it and that's how it's going to remain fashion. God says if they're like that, I'll be able to stand by them. Honey, whenever you become a pillar in God's house, you have the audience of the king. Whenever you become a true remaining facet in God's house, you become one that is always given to the presence of the king because he's not just going to stand anywhere. He's going to stand by the pillar. He's going to stand by the pillar. How do you think it is that the apostle Paul, who was in his journey, his missionary journeys, but he had one ultimate desire, and that is he had to take this gospel to Rome. He's convicted, wrongfully convicted, and accused of things. But he found himself in Acts 27 upon a ship who was destined, hey man, Jerusalem, Rome. And while he's on this ship, the Bible speaks of a tempestuous wind, Euroclidon, that came upon the sea, thrown them from left to right, he and many prisoners along with him. Everybody is troubled. Most of those prisoners are in total disarray. They are bewildered by what's going on. They're fearful for their very own lives. They do not believe that they're going to make it out of here. But the voice of Paul stood up among all of them. And you know what he said? He said, the angel of the Lord stood by me this night and said, Paul, I'm going to save your life and all that's with you as long as they abide in the ship. Nobody else was standing up giving that proclamation because the angel of God and God himself only stands by a pillar. And among all of that crowd of prisoners, there was stationed on that boat something steadfast, something unmovable, something sure, the apostle Paul. And the angel of the Lord says, I'll stand by that pillar and I'll give a decree, a word of safety and protection. Someone say amen. amen. God wants you to be one of his pillars. He wants to stand by you. Whatever, whatever may be contrary in your mind to that thought, God wants to be able to stand by you, with you, for you, in opposition against the enemy that's against you. But you got to be a pillar. I'm a pillar, pastor. In the sense of bearing the load, are you a pillar? I'm a pillar, pastor. Are you, do you got all the embellishment and the decor, but are you truly serving the purpose? I'm a pillar, pastor. Are you just denoting a place of dead things? I'm a I'm a pillar pastor. He's looking for something 
that he can take confidence in. Have you ever been, have you ever been betrayed by a pillar that wasn't a load-bearing pillar? That was decorative? I have. Sometimes they set them up even to pose them as though they are holding a load. <laughs> Don't lean on them. <laughs> I put my hand on a mini decker. Oh, not many, but anyway, I put my hand on a few. I put my hand on some, a few pillars that were decorative, but were posed and positioned as though it seemed and appeared they were bearing a load until I leaned against them. And we kept leaning wasn't serving a purpose quite honestly it was somewhat hypocritical <laughs> it was relaying to me something it was not he was there just as an eyepiece it was there just to be looked at I guarantee you one thing it wasn't as much as part of the building as a load bearing pillar was it was in the house but wasn't a part of the house God is looking for people that he can stand by that won't just be in the house but will be become part of the house. Not just frolicking through, not just an occasional visit. He's looking for somebody that's a part of the structure, that's a part of the house. If you become that, God says, I'll stand. I'll become the king right there beside you. If you stand with me today, I'm not going to lie. Athaliah knew. Athaliah knew it was over when that young boy came out and stood by a pillar. It denoted him king. It denoted him the majesty. It denoted him the anointed one when he got by the pillar. Listen. Listen to me. Your opposer and adversary knows the integrity of who you are in God. Whenever God is seen standing by you. You're not just a decorative pillar at that point. And you're not something that just indicates where dead things are. But you're something, truly something, that's characterized something that God can stand by. And I guarantee you this. He's going to think twice before he tries any advances. Because God's standing by something that has proven that it's going to remain. It's going to stay tethered. It's going to be established. It's going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If we can bow our heads in this place today. The Bible speaks of an hour and a day that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But those things that cannot be shaken will remain the pillars. A pillar in the house of God. He told the church of Philadelphia, you have great opportunity. What's that opportunity, Lord? I believe this is one of them. He says, I'll make you a pillar in the house of God. It's an opportunity for each and every individual saying the sound of my voice today. It's not withheld from many. It's not withheld from many. There is an opportunity to become a pillar in the house of God. And by doing so, you become a place where God will stand by. You become a person that God will show up next to. I want to be that type of person today. These altars are open for anybody. that would just. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter 
with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.